Well, hello, my friends. You are tuning in to Walk in Faith, Not in Fear with Pastor Daryl. I be he. <laughs> How you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Well, this if you have been with me for a little while now in our long journey, I am now into my fourth podcast. So all of you that have been with me on this long trek, I thank you. And if I got someone new tuning in, I thank you too. It's been a learning experience, a real curve, and I've actually really grown to enjoy it. This past week has been a blessing both a be able to back up and start that again. It's been a real blessing to be able to actually sit back and do these podcasts. I speak this often at got a little studio or if you would a little podcast center set up in the office at the church and uh it's my sanctuary within the sanctuary. It gives me alone time. I come in here, shut the doors, lock the doors, lock everything out, block everyone out and sit in here and do a little reading, studying and praying and soul searching if you would and uh well you know i use this opportunity through studies and different things i do to bring forth a podcast and i am I'm, I'm very thankful to the lord for that uh it's been a blessed week this past week i'll be honest with you i um kind of excited to speak a little bit today because i didn't i didn't preach sunday this past sunday uh my minister actually gave his first uh his first sunday morning service if you would uh craig wiley to the church here and uh i gotta say he did really good i was really impressed I was really, really, I was really, it was spirit-led. God was definitely in it. Uh, I was, I was, I was touched. He, he did a wonderful job, man. It just made me sit down and think about it, man. I think he's ready for the next level. So thank God for him and his heart. And uh, that was a blessing. It really was. And I liked it because I could sit back this week and just kind of fill my cup, if you would, take it in and kind of be on the outside looking in for a change and it was a nice break i ain't gonna lie because i've been speaking every sunday at the church from the onset of being here so it was a uh it was a blessing for me to just kind of refill myself so i thank you lord well i do want to talk a little bit today and have a little study but before i do i like to open in a word of prayer if you don't mind so if you would dear lord god again I give you all the praise, honor, and glory, and I thank you for the opportunities that you give me to speak and teach. And I pray, Lord God, today that through our uh, our speaking and teaching and studying, if you would, Lord God, that you would maybe open some some minds and doors to those that's listening. I pray that uh, I have the ability to lift up, edify, or touch, or even help to lead maybe one person to coming to knowing the saving grace of your son, Jesus Christ. And I, I thank you. I thank you for using me in it. I pray, Lord God, you would continue to use me. I do all this for the precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, today, I was, I was sitting in here reading around. I, I know I, I I like the book of Romans. I do. I, I, there's a few books in there I really like. But I, I do uh, read Romans a lot, if you would. I'm kind of always going through it. And uh, that's where we're going to be today. I don't know if anybody's got a Bible and wants to flip it open. But if you want to jump ahead, we're going to be in Romans uh, 8 today. And I might even hit Galatians 5 a little bit. We'll see how it goes and how long I babble, if you will, and how many rants I go off on, all right? But uh, I thought today, chapter 8, see, many of us believe this, you know, I do, and I believe many others believe this to be the greatest chapter in the Bible. In this chapter, we see the depth of God's love for his children, for us, okay? Talks of the brokenness of our creation, his creation, uh, God's design and purpose for our life, uh, it talks about our relationship with the Trinity. talks about our assurance of salvation and the Holy Spirit empowering us to walk with Christ. And that's the, la the, the this point here 
that I really want to see in our text this morning, the last point I just talked about, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the features of Roman 8 is that the Holy Spirit really takes center stage in this chapter. See, uh, up to this point, Paul had only mentioned the Holy Spirit, I think it was twice in chapter 8, well, twice, but then in chapter 8, Paul mentions him 20 times. So today, I, I want to look at, uh, uh, like I said, Romans 8, and I'm going to read you just a few verses here. Actually, I want to read verses 5 through 11, so if you would, just kind of follow along, listen, whatever, but here we go. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity to God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of the righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he has raised Christ from the dead, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Wow. Amen, amen, amen. See, there's a phrase that Paul uses five times in these first three verses. He talks about setting our minds on one of two things, this or that, if you would. See, see, he, he uh, either or, I don't know how you want to say it or look at it. So, so I want to start off this today by, by saying, what is a mindset? See, I speak a lot of this when I preach and teach. I teach and talk about a lot about our mindsets. I talk about our mindsets and our destiny. You heard it last week. And I do, I try to get people to understand. When I say our destiny, we choose the path we walk. God opens the doors for us. He gives us every opportunity, gives us a complete instruction book to follow. And then we have to decide, are we going to do it or not? We have that mindset. He gave us that free will, if you would, that mindset. And now we choose, okay? So that's what I asked you today. What, what, what is a mindset? Now, when people talk about their mindset, what does it mean? And is it the same thing Paul meant when he talked about what we set our minds on? See, see. now I'm going to use a little psychology, if you would. See, it just defines mindset as a set of beliefs uh, we, we have about ourselves. See, Paul challenged us not to have a mindset, but to set our minds. Big difference, people. See, if you ask the psychologist, they will tell you that your mindset is a set of beliefs that shape how you make sense of the world and yourself. It influences how you how you think and how you feel and behave in any given situation, okay? Uh, I believe it was Henry Ford, his logic on mindset was, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> okay. Well, I remember reading, a, I remember reading this book from a, a psychologist. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble here. I can't read. Carol Dwesk. I think her name was Dwesk. And the theme of the book was I, I was on mindset. And she was interested in how people could cope with failure, okay? She ran a series of observations on children who were given, the, given these increasingly difficult puzzles to solve. And, and she watched as some of the kids threw their hands up in frustration and said, I, I just can't do it. But then there's other kids that would kind of 
rub their hands together and say, I love a challenge. You know, this, this Dr. Dwest's thesis said that the difference was their mindset. Our mindset profoundly affects the way we live our lives. See, some people have what, well, what she called it, a fixed mindset, and that's the idea that the intelligence and their talents and their abilities you're born with set the limits for what you're able to achieve. Then there are people who believe that they have only a limited level of intelligence, a set personality, and a fixed moral character. And people with a fixed mindset would either spend their life trying to prove that well, trying to prove that they are, you know, what they are living up to, if you would, whether their potential is or or, or they will just throw their hands up in the air and do nothing when they, when they encounter a problem they see that's beyond their capacity, if you would. Okay, but but that there is there is this growth mindset. Instead of looking at their current IQ or, or personality or moral character as a limit of capacity, they set it as their starting point. See, people with a growth mindset believe that a person's true potential is unknowable, that it is impossible to, to foresee what can be accomplished with passion, effort, and, and, and training. See, some of this reading can be fascinating, and, and Dr. Dwork's book may have helped multiple people. You know, But the question I ask, or the question we need to ask today is, what Paul meant when he talked about mindset? The answer is no. See, see, the, the world defines mindset as a set of beliefs you have about yourself. See, but God's word is never all that interested in what someone believes about themselves. You know, it was the A.W. Tozer. He had a classic, the knowledge of the holy, I think it was. And when it comes into our minds, when we think about God, it's the most important thing about us is what we think about God. Not, not, see, when, when Paul talks about mindset, it's not the set of beliefs we have about ourselves. In fact, Paul doesn't talk about a mindset as something we have. He talks about setting your minds as something we do. Okay? If you look at verse 5 again here, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Okay? There's, there's this Greek word. It's a verb. It's called, I believe I say this right, prono, prono. It shows up 20 times in the New Testament. Now, 17 of them alone is in Paul's writings. It means to be in agreement with or, or to have the same understanding as. Interestingly, when the Greeks thought about the mind, they didn't think about the brain or the head. The, the, the word brain, pr uh, which is the root of prano, it, it referred to, to the, the midriff or the diaphragm. Now, now I used to train fighters. I used to have a fight gym in Manila, MMA fight gym. And I always taught them that our strength and everything comes from the core, uh, the midriff and our diaphragm. So, so when a trainer or fighter talks about strengthening his core muscles, what they are, are talking about is, is their, their, their frame. Now, so, so if you put it all together, when your mind is set on something or someone, it means that the very core of who you are you are in agreement with them, and you have the same understanding as them. Now, I hope you see the difference between the world's definition of a mindset and the command of Scripture to set your mind. Again, psychology says you either have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Scripture says you set your mind either on things of the flesh or on things of the spirit. See, see, Paul gives us this warning. If you, again, let me back over here to Romans here, 6 through 8. He warns us. He says, 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is an entity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. But then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. See, see, you need to understand something. The Bible does not offer this middle ground option, okay, people? A person either has their mind set on the flesh, meaning that your core is in agreement with the flesh, striving towards the flesh, or, well, your mindset is set on the spirit, and your core is in agreement with the spirit, striving towards the spirit. You with me here? Listen, see, sometimes we talk about these carnal Christians, someone who is saved, but they're still chasing after the things of this world. Or we say they've accepted Jesus as their Savior, but not as their Lord. If you study your scripture, there is no such thing as a carnal Christian. I'm sorry, that the so-called Christian who accepts Christ as their Savior, but not as their Lord, does not exist. That, is, that isn't even a category for Paul. See, friend, if, you mind, if your mind is set on the flesh, that's death, and you are hostile to God. You don't submit to God, you can't submit to God, whatever. See, verse 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You are lost, and if you die that way, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to go to hell, period. That simple, all right? Understand, there's a difference, uh, a difference maker, if you would. We, we, we have this, uh, is the Holy Spirit. Read, let me read you verses 9 and 10 here. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Indeed, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of the righteousness. I mean, I could even go on. You know, I'm good right there. I ain't gonna, I know. See, I'm not talking about this TV version, this theatrical, theatrical presence where you have to speak in tongues to have faith healings or flopping around like a fish out of water or any of these nonsenses you, you see from these televangelists. So, see, the way the Bible describes the Holy Spirit is different, way different. According to Scripture, the Holy, the, the Holy Spirit points, to, points people to Christ. See, John 15, 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father will bear witness about me. And then a little bit farther ahead in John 16, actually verse 8 says, when he comes, he will he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Oh my God! Hell, and Titus here, I think it's three verse five. I believe here it talks about how he regenerates us and renews us. See, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. It is through the Holy Spirit that we understand the things of God. First Corinthians two twelve says, "Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit." who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. See, the Holy Spirit prays for us. He intercedes for us with groanings uh, too deep for words. He distributes spiritual gifts. I mean, check it out yourself. We, we don't get it, but go to 1 Corinthians 12 or Romans 12. It talks this. See, the, the, the Holy Spirit guarantees our inheritance. Ephesians 1 13.14 says that when you believe in Jesus, you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it. And then finally, finally, he, he sanctifies us to bear fruit. See, see I kind of like to want to end on that today. One of, one of the biggest challenges to preaching and teaching that we are saved by grace alone through faith is not we can sometimes 
Well, I think sometimes we, we leave people with the impression that the only thing that matters is that you believe in Jesus and how you live your life doesn't really matter. I, that could not be farther from the truth, my friends. Please. Yeah, I think Martin Luther said that we are saved by faith alone, but faith that saves us is never alone. See, the evidence of saving faith is that we will bear fruit. We go back to verse 5 again for those who live according to the flesh, their minds, blah, blah, blah. Read it, guys. Read it. As a matter of fact, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit sets their minds on the things of the Spirit. See, it doesn't say those who are in the Spirit are given a spiritual mindset. It says those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. See the two key words there, live and set. And then it mean nouns. They're verbs describing an action. This is done to you or on your behalf. You are the the one who sets your mind. Also notice it doesn't say set your mind on the spirit. If it was just setting your mind on the spirit, being a Christian could just be us sitting around talking about religious stuff. No, verse 5 says that we set our minds on the things of the spirit, the things of the spirit that are fruit of the spirit contrasted with the works of the flesh. Then if you look in Galatians, now I guess I will go over there just real quick. I want to hit this real quick. Galatians 5. If you want to turn there or whatever, check it out. Galatians 5, verses 19 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sexuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, uh, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I've warned you before that these who do such things will not Inherit the kingdom of God. So this is a pretty sobering list. It should help you evaluate the, the media, the music, the movies, all these things we consume. See, so you look at the way it ends. Those who do these such things here will not inherit the kingdom of God. It isn't a one and done. Don't get me wrong. You don't screw up once and you're out. No, no, no. We're going to stumble in sin. We're going to fall. But understand that it's, it's important that we take this list serious. And I ask you, do any of these things characterize your life? Are, are you habitually angry? Do you thrive on casting strife? Do you, do you thrive on stirring or stirring the pot and being the center of dissension? Are you part of sexual immorality or impurity? If that's you, then you've set your mind on the flesh and not on the spirit, my friends. See, I'm not, I'm not judging you. I don't know your heart. God does. It's his word during the judging, not me. Now, if you look at verse 22 through 25 in Galatians there, 5, I just read from a minute ago here, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience. I love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have, has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. These are the true things of the Spirit that, are, that, a, that a true Christian sets his mind on. We don't set our mind on the, on the Spirit, if you would. Christianity is not about thinking about religious stuff 24-7. It's loving people, choosing joy when it doesn't make sense. It's peace in a world of chaos. It's patience, kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Hmm. My friends, if, you know, I think I'm not going to keep going on and beating, ranting, and raving about it. I, I think I got a point across to what I wanted to hit today. Uh, 
I really do hope that there's listeners. I really do hope I have the ability to touch those out there, and I and I pray that uh, you would if find any. I don't know edification, lift, or encouragement, or, or, or conviction, <laughs> whatever it takes. Spread the word around for me. Help this to grow and help me to be the the vessel God's called me to be. Again, I thank you for each and every one of you that tune in here, and I will continue to do this and as long as the Lord will allow. And I, I just want to close like I usually do and simply say, hey, bye for now. <laughs>